Well, I'm sure you'd agree that the last two years in pharmacy, particularly right here in Australia, have come at us at a breakneck speed. So many changes to negotiate and therefore so many opportunities to start planning and implementing to take our businesses forward. So in episode 100 of the Transformation Show, we look at what we've learnt from those last two years and what we could look forward to ahead of us. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to, you guessed it, episode 100. I must take a moment to acknowledge that because, as I may have mentioned in a couple of our recent Facebook Live broadcasts, I really didn't know how far forward this show would actually go when I started it in 2014 and I've been so blessed to receive so much feedback from you that it's just driven and evolved this show all the way through to episode 100 and no doubt will grow it to the next 100 episodes as well. So I want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to listen to the Transformation Show but more importantly provide me with that valuable feedback of what you would like like to know who you would like to hear from and what questions I can help you solve and find solutions to. So thank you for that. I appreciate it more than you know. And even if this is your first show, welcome. There is a whole world of transformation for you to sink your teeth into as we're going to discuss today. We haven't had a check-in for a little while, so I'd love to know how your week's going. We're just crossing past a uh, public holiday weekend here in Victoria. So we've had a little bit of time out of the business to reflect and obviously look at how our goals might be progressing for 2016. Are we where we wanted to be or are there a couple of things that have, may have distracted us or have come out of nowhere that we need to negotiate as well? Really important to take some time even on a daily or a weekly basis, just to sort of reassess and recalibrate because it's so easy to get entrenched in old habits as we're going to discuss today as we continue to innovate and grow our businesses moving forward. So the question I posed and mentioned in episode number one was why there has never been a better time to embrace technology and start to build your 21st century business. Now, it was no reflection on the fact that we were in 2014, 14 years into the 21st century, but our business model and our approach really hadn't changed a lot from the 1970s and 1980s across the board. I know many of you, having met many of you and visited many of you in your businesses, that a lot of you aren't in that mold. But as a general group, that's where we that's where we were sitting. And it was really a large opportunity that I hope over this last two years we've started to shift the way we think and about how our model needs to change moving forward. We talk a lot about things like operational efficiency, which is a way of addressing those rising operational costs. 
becoming more patient-centric and less transaction-focused and less you know, product and range-focused because of the agency of digital, the internet, and the rise of large-format, large-footprint pharmacies that have much bigger ranges than we could ever hope to hold, we need to be a little more tailored in our approach. And of course, looking at those smart bits of technology that we can intersect into our businesses to scale and grow moving forward. And that's really been the premise of how the shows have evolved. A lot of the questions have come around those three key pillars, and we've gone a long way uh, from just addressing, you know, very small little uh I guess, tech tools or gadgets that we were talking about early on uh, to really tackling the broader issues of, uh, I guess, where we sit around workflow and process, which has been the biggest the biggest shift, I think, in the show as well. We talk a lot about how best practice processes and workflows are never going to change, but the technology that enables them to become smarter, more efficient, and you know, ultimately deliver a patient a better experience are the things that we need to be paying attention to. And that's only going to grow and evolve as well. As an industry, particularly here in Australia, you know, a lot has changed in that two years. There's been numerous rounds of PBS reform putting more pressure on us. And ultimately, as we've discussed over the journey, generating for us less profit per prescription. So it only stands to reason that that workflow has to change. If we keep it the same and the costs are the same, and as we've found with workforce management, those costs are always going to increase with inflation and CPI and so forth, we cannot hope to have a hope moving forward in our businesses if we keep everything the same. So we need to be constantly revisiting that. And ultimately, as many of you, and certainly my statistics and downloads have suggested, many of you have engaged and are actively looking at automation as a way of solving that problem in your business. And realistically, it's it's something that probably is very logical when we sit back and actually think about it, that if we have the great fortune of having a patient in our business for five minutes, we want to spend as much of that five minutes with them and not five minutes looking for stock, sorting stock, unpacking stock. Sure, we haven't gotten to the point where things are automatically labeled and so forth, but that will come. As we go even further, looking at the agency of things like 3D printing, it's all about how we can get the product in front of us to deliver to a patient. And realistically, there is no value to our patients in what we do in that process. So we should automate as much as possible. But with the agency of the internet and inquisitive minds that are able to tap into information sources that were previously only our own, and we were very authoritative about that in we held all of those references so we would tell people what they should be looking at, what products they should be interested in, what was recommended. They're coming to us with those solutions right now and we need to be changing our role to collaborate and advise them as well. So a lot of that stands to reason that we are looking at automation a lot more simply and it's not just robotics. I know a lot of us when we hear automation we automatically think I've got to put a robot in the pharmacy. It's not true. There is many many things as we explored even in episode 31 with Peter Ferros. There are many workflow changes that will improve and reduce time in your business ahead of putting automation and so 
realistically, as we explored a lot in the Transformation book, and one of the questions that I'm hoping to answer in this show was one of the things of what I would do if I had to write the book right now in 2016. What would I change about it? And one of the things that I wouldn't change about it is the fact that our best practice workflows and processes don't change. The technology just catches up to it and makes it more efficient, more speedy, more accurate, and it enables a better experience for us and our patients because we're able to do that. But we'll spend a little bit of time on that in just a moment. So that was probably one of the biggest topics that I think um, everyone enjoyed and got sunk into. We went through an automation uh, platform series where I interviewed every single one of the robotic vendors in Australia and also got some great case studies from pharmacists who have implemented those in their business as well. And probably to a larger extent, and that all finished up around episode 31. And what I'm going to do, and um, many of you have written in over the journey to say, look, it's really, really hard to actually pick up on the topics and what the episodes actually include from a searching capability. So that that whole experience is going to change very, very shortly as we transition to a larger transformation platform uh, that will segment everything nicely by topics, resources, and all of those things so that when you're really wanting to get stuck into one of your biggest opportunity areas or something that's a, a little hole in your business that you want to plug, you can access all of the best resources that we've put together over these last two years for that. So look out for that. That's coming very, very shortly. Um, as websites do, as with anything, they need to change and evolve. And uh, the robertstar.com website I think has served its purpose I think early on um, but adding on that transformation platform I think will really improve the experience for you um, and, and really allow us to provide a lot more resources around the things you're most interested in and require more resources on and, and that's just something that's going to evolve in the coming months as well. Probably other areas that we focused a lot on as well um, were areas that really related to the Pharmacy Freedom Index, which we probably spoke at nauseam about throughout the 100 episodes. But ultimately, um, and that was another question I had from a listener only last week, was, you know, the questions in the Pharmacy Freedom Index, would you change them being two years down the track? And what I did aim to do with that test, and there are 75 strategic questions if you've done the test already, that are answered in about seven minutes. And if this is the first time you've heard about it, you'll probably think 75 questions, seven minutes, that just doesn't marry up. But they're very easy yes, no, don't know questions that highlight your opportunities in nine critical areas. And there is great content around all of those nine areas in our first 100 shows. And what I'd recommend, if you haven't taken the Pharmacy Freedom Index before, and there's no obligation to it, it takes seven minutes, you get a downloadable summary at the end of it. Um, which you can then take away and say, okay, I really want to actually tackle you know, my financial processing and operational efficiency, or I really think I could be doing a lot more uh, to get closer to my patients to build a more patient-centric model. What technology elements could I be looking at that might help me in that space? Because as we talked about in the transformation book, that first phase of education is so important because you won't know 
how to best utilize these opportunities with technology until you understand their purpose and their function. And that's where they come into line and intersect with your best practice processes in your pharmacy. Um, so I'd recommend that even if you've done it before and you did it two years ago, um, I'd recommend doing it again. And um, it's just something that will give you a little bit of a benchmark as to how you've gone and also areas that you may have tackled. Um, and you can revisit, I guess, as we look at in the fourth step of transformation in optimization. And that's the really the one that I focus the majority of my time on now because you know we've established what's been available but everything that we see every day starts to improve upon what we've seen before but what we don't see as a constant is those best practice workflows and changes actually transitioning or improving because ultimately the framework is set, whether it was the task was performed by a person in our business or whether it's done by a machine or a piece of technology, the process won't change. It's just that the technology becomes better and improves that process and makes it faster and quicker and so forth. So something to always keep in mind when you're looking at te technology as well. I think one of the things we've struggled with the most um, is really just overcoming some of those personal barriers and challenges in our mindset to actually make ourselves more change fluid because we've had such a solid model, uh, particularly in Australian community pharmacy for so long. Um, it's been something that we haven't needed to change very much and to become change fluid as, as opposed to change set um, has been a really big challenge um, and, uh, and how we go about that. And when I look at some of the things that we possibly could have spent more time on in the transformation book, I actually chose to focus a lot of our time in some of the shows on addressing some of those shortcomings. And one of those things in particular is on people and change management. And particularly with technology, it's just so important because as, as we will start to see moving forward, um, there are roles in our businesses that are ideally suited uh, to technology already. Um, and the thing about that, and this is where I think the biggest myth with technology is being circulated, is that those pieces of technology are actually going to cost people jobs and we're going to need less people in our workforce as a result. It's not true. They're actually enablers to actually improve the quality and the professionalism of our businesses around high performance. And so we're no longer going to be able to carry people in our businesses who are doing meaningless, aimless tasks of things like data entry, um, just putting products on shelves, dusting shelves, things like that. There's no patient benefit attached to those roles and that's where we're going to see those things automated whereas people who are going to be the best people in our businesses are the ones who have got the product knowledge who've got the ability to engage really solid interpersonal skills to collaborate and work with our patients to get their best outcomes to help them stay in good health for as long as possible you know they're the people that we need to maximize our people investment and that's the biggest thing that um, is going to happen around the technology and so the change management side of that when it comes to looking at our workforce is really quite confronting uh, because on the face of it, if you have been opting for a traditional workforce where very little technology has intersected into some of these best practice processes and workflows, it is going to be a very confronting reality to have to transition those people into high value roles in the business. Um, and that's the challenge as, uh, for us as a pharmacy owner. Um, the other things that we, that we, what we see as well, um, I guess, which is a real surprise, um, 
particularly when I looked at, you know, the popularity of episodes, um, was really the, the popularity around one issue, which, again, it was raised a number of times in some of our chats um, for our Pharmacy Freedom Index discovery sessions, and that was the contemplation of exiting the industry. And uh, the episode 72 that we did with Jeff Green around his book, The Smart Business Exit, uh, was extraordinarily popular um, and to the point where we had a masterclass dedicated to that um, that we hosted and ran a couple of weeks after to really get a little bit deeper to help you start to plan um, the with your end in mind. And um, it's probably more topical when we look at a recent survey um, done by the AJP, which was well documented by the editor and the uh, and the friend of the show, uh, Chris Brooker, um, who showed that 1,300 pharmacists that were surveyed, that 61% were ready to leave the profession and further 21% were contemplating the future. Now, eight out of 10 pharmacists looking to leave the industry um, it, it is a challenging time, and as we've as we're discussing, there are things that need to change to enable us to move forward. We need to let go of the baggage of the past to be able to take our businesses forward and take the profession forward. And it means working in you know brave new roles as we're seeing evolving. You know whether it be things like for pharmacists that don't want to involve themselves in ownership in pharmacy, working in medical centres, finding innovative roles for themselves around particular niches. We're seeing some great trends coming out from the US, particularly the growth of specialty pharmacies. And, you know, those specialty pharmacies don't necessarily need to be PBS pharmacies um, in order to be able to offer the services and, uh, you know, elements of it that uh, may require them to be successful. So, you know, there's a lot of modelling that we can take away from some of our colleagues overseas as we've had the great fortune of catching up with two US colleagues over the 100 episode journey being Todd Yuri from the Pharmacy Podcast Show in episode 55 and also um, Scott Maitland um, from Pharmacy Marketing Quarterly um, in one of the earlier ones. I think it might have been around episode 18, I think, um, where we were talking about um, creating content and uh, marketing for your business. And so there's there's a lot of opportunity for us if we look for it. Um, and um, I guess ultimately, you know, as, as we look forward, um, you know, unless we're prepared to, uh, you know, innovate, take some risks and so forth, then ultimately it's probably going to be easier to uh, look at something where the green, where the grass may be greener and, um, you know, look at industries. I know a lot of pharmacists um, have transitioned into medical roles or other things similar uh, where it's perceived to be a lot more stable, a lot more successful. Um, but, you know, it is going to be difficult um, if, you know, we don't want to change from where we are right now. Um, and I guess realistically, I wanted to spend a little bit of time, and this isn't going to be a long episode because I don't believe in uh, dwelling on all of the past because there is so much to be excited about moving forward. But I did want to spend a little bit of time on what I'm seeing as far as trends and opportunities um, moving forward. And you know, one we've spoken about probably at nauseum in automation of business processes, and and that's where I wanted to spend a little bit of time because we so long so. Many 
many times look at automation as just simply a case of automating picking of products. There are so many business processes that can be automated. Uh, we spent a fair bit of time over the journey with some of our product vendors and also with accountants um, talking about how we can be more efficient in managing our financial document workflow, um, using smart tools to extract information, scan documents, getting out of the paper, um, which is such a big, uh, you know, piece of baggage for us, particularly when we look at the size that it takes up in external storage or storerooms. Um, and it's just something that we're seeing come out of our business now. There are some great uh, scanning solutions, digital solutions that have come out of their recent APP um, up at the Gold Coast in uh, March. And you know that's just going to help us transition a little bit further away um, as we um, start to automate some of those things. And again, it just means that administrative roles in farmers you know become a, become a minimum and it just requires someone who's got the you know the right sense of being able to pick up on trends and problems evolving around those things and improving those processes so that we can achieve what we what we what we've talked about a lot which is having a live financial picture of our business um, at any given stage and really being able to be confident in our own business of knowing where we are right now and not looking backwards at our financials at quarter or a half year behind, uh, really understanding that dynamic nature so we can be agile and we can change and we can become change fluid um, as opposed to being change set. Um, the omni-channel pharmacist and uh, the 24-7 reality, um, you know, that's something that's been spoken about a lot in retail. We spent a lot of time talking with Brian Walker, the retail doctor in episode 53 about um, the omni-channel uh, retail experience and how people are doing a lot of research online, buying offline, coming in the store. And that's really a case for pharmacy as well in that our patients are doing a lot of research themselves. Um, and, um, you know, if they're their needs are not being met in the digital environment um, as, uh, as we're seeing a growing trend, particularly around a group of e-patients, uh, which we spoke with uh, one in episode 60 with Sarah Kosharsky, and that's around rare diseases, but that will come more into mainstream. There are huge uh, forums and communities of diabetic patients um, that, you know, they are going to seek support and uh, advice and information uh, where they don't exist currently, either in an offline or online environment so for us we need to be in those spaces um, and that's not just from a patient care point of view but also from a marketing point of view as well as you know traditionally we've spent a lot of time money on catalogs uh, local newspaper advertisements um, you know all sorts of uh, offline media um, that really isn't capturing the attention of our community anymore um, spending more, more and more time on social networks and evolving social networks too and that's and that's the that's such the most important element of our business that we really understand who our customers are and what their demographics actually include um, so that we can actually be in all of those places where they have their attention being spent. And, you know, that may even be as scary as it sounds on a platform like Snapchat. Um, it's something that I've had a little bit of a play with over the last few months. Again, I'm not 100% certain how that's going to intersect with our pharmacy uh, day to day. Um, but it's something that um, 
as we're finding as the ages increase in people using it, um, it will be a place where people spend time. And so again, from a support point of view, people are going to get sick wherever they are. And if we can be there to support them and help them back into good health, wherever they might be, then I think we've got a lot of value to offer. So it may not be at this stage needing to jump that far to the left or that far to the right, depending on how you look at it, but particularly a platform that's very established like Facebook. And I could spend a lot long, long time talking about Facebook right now, but there's so much I love about it, uh, so many opportunities. I dedicated a whole Facebook Live uh, video um, just recently on Facebook Live and the opportunities for pharmacy. I'll put that in the show notes here at robertstar.com forward slash episode 100. And, uh, you know, it just represents some great engagement opportunities. And for the fact that we're going to be able to very shortly engage with people who view those videos and view our content on Facebook and really be able to talk to those who are only interested in our information and our content, Um, It offers such a remarkable opportunity. You know, could you imagine being able to have a voice directly to patients who have opened a catalogue that you've sent to them in their mailbox and not worry about talking to people who just simply threw it in the bin? And it's such a huge opportunity that is coming our way. So for those who who haven't been on Facebook, you need to get going with it. It's offering some great opportunities. It's not too late. It's very easy to set up platforms. But do not go in there on the preface that you think it'll be free because you'll need to pay to access those audience insights, but you're only going to be substituting your advertising income um, expense sorry, um, that you are spending on things like catalogs and uh, direct mail and things like that. So it's not going to be money that you're not already spending in your business as well. We've spoken a lot about our transition to be a patient collaborator and a health advisor and personalization is only going to get stronger and stronger with that. We've spoken a little bit about 3D printing and how that's going to evolve and again that's really just bringing the product supply issue um, to to an absolute uh, minimum of time as opposed to needing a 20 plus week supply chain uh, around pharmaceuticals that might be down to about an hour um, depending on uh, what the medicine in and how it gets delivered as well. Uh, There's going to be greater product display opportunities and we're going to start to see probably virtual stores where the inventory in pharmacies just simply won't be on the shelves. It'll be virtualized, it'll be stored in a warehouse robot in the back of the pharmacy um, and ultimately delivered through a way of innovative ways and uh, we'll have the opportunity to offer endless aisles. Um, So products that aren't stored in the store but can be delivered to the store within 24 hours which ultimately we've already got as part of our wholesaler network as well. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity to take away um, some of those things and to embody those into our businesses moving forward. The last thing I wanted to, to go into were things that I think we should stop. And uh, so we should stop and forget about them and never do them again. And probably referenced a little bit as I'm looking <laughs> as I'm looking at them in front of me right now. And you know, one of those things is the low skill level um, pharmacy assistants and I dare say pharmacists as well. I think pharmacists that are coming into the business just purely there to be compliant with all the laws, but not really add any value uh, to the patient conversations and uh, really just want to be existing in our businesses to hand out scripts and uh, really 
really just make sure they don't kill anyone from a safety perspective. I think they have a limited role and probably won't have a role in any business moving forward unless they can add extra strings to their bow, whether it be specialization, uh, whether it be the ability to um, you know, utilize technology-based uh, workflows that enable greater conversation levels. I think that if we continue down that pathway where we're providing tr- transactions with no added value, the price equalization through digital is just going to be an absolute tsunami upon the industry, and it should be already. Um, you know, We only need to look at our personal lives when we're researching products. Uh, once we've decided on a particular product, we will then search for the lowest price through a range of, if you're looking for a washing machine, you'll find the lowest price through all of the major retailers. It may even be online. It may include delivery. It's not limited uh, to the store itself. And, uh, you know, that will be the way I think pharmacy will go if we do not add any additional value and we just purely get judged on transactions. Um, there needs to be additional things involved in treating someone from a primary health care perspective. Even something as small as a headache, uh, there are many different factors. We're going to be covering some of those in an upcoming show um, where I've managed to get uh, Dr. Jesse Green, uh, who actually is another podcaster who runs the Savvy Dentist show, and uh, he talks about some of the things that uh, has made price irrelevant in his very price-sensitive dental industry, and uh, you know how the way he delivers some of the most common dental items just simply cannot be compared as apples with apples because of the way they go about it. So we need to be doing the same thing, and. Ultimately, the last thing I wanted to mention was really becoming front and centre. The community pharmacist has always been at the centre of our communities, but we need to make sure that we're the face of that as well. I think too often we try to be just try to hide behind a business name and a brand, um, but something that we're seeing right here in the Transformation Lab, which has been highly successful, is the ability to actually become front and centre with our community and you know engage with with them in both physical and digital platforms and having that single voice and uh, and having the personalities of the business really come out in the way we marketed this business as well um, and, and utilize that as a strength uh, rather than simply just trying to hide behind a brand and a, and a bricks and mortar type business as well. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Very reflective, I know, and, uh, for, and, and a lot of uh, forecasts. I'd love to be able to sit back here in 2018 looking at this particular episode and ticking some of these boxes off and things that uh, have happened and uh, you know trends that we've uh, really jumped on and really taken best advantage of uh, to build our businesses moving even further forward in the 21st century as well. I wanted to leave you with uh, two things what's happening next week um, and also what's happening as far what would be my favorite quote of the first 100 episodes and the quote is from Albert Einstein, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. That's where we are right now. The problems need to be in the past. We put them aside and we move forward and create a brand new and exciting future for us as well. 
If you've loved this week's show, leave a comment in the show notes. As always, always love reading them and I'll read and respond to all of them individually as well. Next week, we're joined by Tyson Clark, who's the founder of Voista, which is an innovative training platform for high performance pharmacy teams to help keep pace with professional development and training in as little as five minutes a day. I know you're going to love it. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.